0: if as a parent you choose to take your kid to watch Bambi, you should expect the original storyline as you originally watched it. This idea that we have to keep changing movies because people are too soft to handle it is absolutely ridiculous. So let's dive into what's been heating up the screens this week. We're talking about the buzz, the release, the trailers and what's happening in the box office this week. So the first thing we find out is Bambi is on the list for the next movie to be tackled by Disney as a live-action movie. If the current remakes are anything to go by, we can assume it's going to be a huge flop. The writer, Lindsay Bear, is no longer attached to the film, but suggests that there will be significant changes to the death surrounding Bambi's mum, saying parents and kids are too sensitive nowadays to be able to handle the original context of the storyline. Point one, if as a parent you choose to take your kid to watch Bambi, you should expect the original storyline as you originally watch it. This idea that we have to keep changing movies because people are too soft to handle it is absolutely ridiculous. If we look at Snow White at the moment, you know, the whole context of what's happening with the actresses and saying Snow White is not going to be rescued by a prince because she doesn't need a man, is absolutely ridiculous. If we're going to tackle the remakes, Keep it as it is because that's what brought the magic to life in the first place and that's what people are coming out to see. Having a movie like Bambi removing the death of his mum to kind of fit into this narrative that kids and adults nowadays can't handle that is absolutely ridiculous. A recent remake which worked really well, which was The Little Mermaid, there wasn't many changes made to the plot and it other than the the character, Now being portrayed by a black actress, there wasn't much changes made to the actual storyline. And in fair play, it was actually a pretty decent movie. Obviously, you know, people argue as to whether it was needed a black actor. And we can then go into diversity and why they feel the need to keep casting, you know, people of different races and, and, and colors into these films that were originally portrayed by a white character or white animation. And you know what? The worst thing that is annoying is if you're going to do inclusion and diversity and just put people of color into white roles, that's not inclusion and diversity. Inclusion and diversity actually would be looking at the the culture that comes from Latin heritage, Caribbean heritage, African heritage, and taking those cultures and looking at what's so rich about them and creating stories specifically for People of those races, as opposed to taking a Latina and putting her as Snow White when Snow White was originally called Snow White because of her fair skin. That's not diversity. That's not inclusion. It almost just feels like we have to tick a box. So let's take a random Latina, put her in place, and make her feel like she can actually stay stuff and then have her absolutely butcher and ruin the film and have people boycott the film before it's even been released, which is basically what's happened with Snow White at the moment. But we digress. Bambi if you're not going to make remake a movie hence the word remake and keep the original storyline keep the original context of it all don't do it don't do it removing Bambi's death removes the whole storyline so I don't know how exactly they're planning to tackle that because the whole point of Bambi is him going on this journey after his mum's dies if they remove the element of his mum dying is it even Bambi just call it a new name Say it's a new movie. Don't call it a remake if it's not a remake. That was legitness. Yeah, it A little bit of a rant there because this news really, really annoyed me. Uh, but it is set to be remade. Uh, it is going to be a live action. We'll see what happens with it. We will see what happens with it. If you go check out our TikTok, we've actually just released a video showing... The most recent Disney flops and how much it cost them. It's a lot of money. It's a lot, a lot of money. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was $957.7 million. That is nearly $1 billion in flopped movies because we simply keep doing things that maybe people haven't asked for. So, you know, let's stop doing what people haven't asked for and listen to the audience. You know, listen to what we actually want, which is remakes that stick to the original storyline. News number two, the Avengers get an anime. So it's already got two seasons. It was actually originally created a couple of years back, but they have launched it or let's say released it again on YouTube in the Marvel uh, YouTube channel. And they have released the 39 episodes. So kids can go and check that out. I've watched the first episode with my Sun, and it's actually pretty decent. Very anime. There's the character, there's these two characters who uh, also have superpowers, and funnily enough, they believe that their biggest villain is the Avengers. So tackling it there from a different angle, not that the Avengers are the superheroes, but again, it's only the first episode, so the context might be that these guys are the bad guys, and to them, the Avengers are obviously villains. to to the Avengers. These guys are the villains. So we'll check it out. But it's two seasons long. It's 39 episodes. And it's free to watch on YouTube. Um, And all you got to do is write uh, The Future Adventures. That's the name, The Future Avengers. And that's all you need to go watch that. So go and check that out. So what are the trailers we have been catching up this week? The first one is Argyle, which is set to be released in February of 2024. And it's sort of like a James... Bond spoof spy movie, there are so many uh, good actors in this film, we've got Henry Cavill, we've got John Cena, we've got Joe Leeper, we've got Samuel Jackson, we've got, I forgot his name, but the guy from White Men Can't Jump, he's in it as well, so set to be really, really interesting, and I'm not gonna lie, the trailer is really good fun, it doesn't give away the storyline too much, it looks like there's this, um, there's an author of a spy book, She's writing the storyline and Henry Cavill is a, is a character in her book. But then um, her book is actually predicting future events and things that are happening around the world as far as politics and war. So basically now there's a there's spies trying to kill her in real life. Uh, and that's kind of the gist of what you get from the trailer. The trailer looks really fun. Like you're kind of just smiling the whole way through. Um, so this is definitely going to be one that I'd like to check out once it's in cinema. Um, And just looks like a good comedy. I haven't watched a really good comedy in such a long time. If you've got a good comedy for me to watch, drop it in the comments below because I I need it. Um, And just before we continue going ahead, if you are enjoying staying up to date with Nonsei Weekly, please go ahead, subscribe, like and drop us a comment on what's been hitting up your screen this week. We'd love to hear from you. The second trailer we've got for this week is Wish, which is a new Disney film with Chris Pine. Uh, again, the, the the trailer looks really, really good. Um, uh, it looks like it's going back to the original Disney, you know? Wish Upon a Star, a, a girl who has a dream. And they've introduced the villain really early on. So in the trailer, it's already told you who the villain is going to be. So it's not like one of those surprise, oh my God, it was the fairy godmother who was the bad person all along. Like, no, it's pretty straightforward from the get-go who the bad person is. Um, And it's a story of this girl who wishes upon a star and then she gets like a little wish star that appears to her and it looks really sweet. Some of the critics are dubbing it to be a classic Disney that will go down as one of Disney's classics. And quite frankly, it does give off that feel. The trailer is really fun. So go check that out. And that is due to be released in November, 2023. So this year, and that's what I'm excited to watch, especially with the kids. I feel like they will enjoy that. So that will be a good one to catch up. The next one we've got is Butcher's Crossing, which is another one by Nicolas Cage. Last week, we discussed his movie where he is everybody's dream man because he keeps appearing in everybody's dream. This time, he is once again bold. That seems to be a growing theme here with his recent movies. He's once again bold. However, he hunts buffaloes and the trailer looks freaking dark. Like... <laughs> He gets this young guy who wants to basically learn how to go on to hunt and asks him, can I go on a hunt with you? And Nicholas allows him to go. And when he gets there, basically, they're just hunting for fun. Like, there's nothing else from it. It's just fun at this point. They're like, we don't need to hunt anymore. We've got everything we need. And Nicholas is like, look, you came with me, so you're here to hunt. And that's all we kind of get from the trailer. The trailer looks, it's a very, like, very Western. Then it is based on a 1960 novel. So it is based on things that happen. You know, way back when, which kind of explains the context of the of the storyline of you know a butcher who, who hunts and kills buffaloes, which is not really something we would see in today's context. So that looks fun, and you know Nicholas is doing what Nicholas does, which is just releasing a ton of films. And hopefully they're good. <laughs> yeah. So we've got the box office top five this week. So what's happening in the box office? To be honest, some interesting changes. First thing is first, the Haunting in Venice is in first place. So that's pretty cool in second place we have expandables 4 now that's surprising because i just keep seeing that it's terrible now i don't know if you guys remember a few weeks ago i said this was going to be terrible because none of them have been good so no surprises that it's terrible definitely surprised it's in second place in third place however is the none 2 which is double surprising because you would expect that to be above expandable 4 considering expandable 4 is 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 expandable 4s but it's not. So the Nun is in third place. In fourth place, we see the Equalizer 3, which sounds about right. And finally, Barbie is gone from the top five. We have Dumb Money in fifth place, removing Barbie. And if I'm not mistaken, Barbie's in about sixth or seventh. So still in the top 10, but no longer in the top five. So we have our Retro Reels, our oldie but goodie movie. So in it for this week, we have The Truman Show with Jim Carrey. Guys, if you haven't seen this movie, or if you haven't seen this movie recently, go and check it out. Now, I watched this movie once as a kid, and I didn't like it because I didn't get it. Because obviously, Jim Carrey is very well known for being this really funny character, really goofy, and all his movies are basically So as a 12, 13-year-old watching this film, that's the expectation I went in with, which is, oh my God, Jim Carrey's gonna be goofy. When it wasn't that, I was so disappointed and just basically decided that this was the worst Jim Carrey movie that there was. Recently, it came up in my searches and I was like, you know what? Let's give it a go. Let's watch The Truman Show. And oh my God, it's so good. What a phenomenal movie. Now, not only is it good because, quite frankly, is one of Jim's Carrey' like, best acting role, especially outside the context of comedy and him just being goofy, fantastic acting. It's good because the year it was released in, there was no way that they would know the society that we would be today. So this movie was released back in 1998 when things like technology, phones, cameras, all of those things weren't really at at the level which they are today which is that obviously we can carry a phone in our pocket in that you know there's cameras everywhere we basically live in like big brother where everywhere you go there is a camera and that's the context of the film so if you've never seen the Truman Show um pause this because there's probably going to be some spoilers and go watch it but if you just want to hear the overview keep listening in but I'll tell you when to stop listening so the context of the film is this baby that has been adopted by a corporation, which is basically a film studio, and they've created this artificial world for this character called Truman, in which they follow everything that he does. So they've captured everything from his birth, to his first steps, to start in school, to his first girlfriend, to be married, and to him being the guy that he is today, let's say. He becomes an insurance broker, he's married to his high school sweetheart, which has all been orchestrated by the studio. So nothing in his life is real. He doesn't know that, however. He thinks that, you know, he he's living in the real world and this is his life and he's had decisions and choices over everything that's happened, but that's not actually the case. Everything from his best friend to his wife to his job, all of it is controlled by by the studio. Truman has no say in what happens in his life if it has not been controlled. Now, the studio mentions on the show that, you know, it's not, it's not written, which is right. It's not a scripted show because obviously they're just following Truman's life, but it is controlled. So it is in control. It is controlled in that they kill off his dad and they kill off his dad in a boat accident. And because of the boat accident, Truman's afraid of the water and basically decides that he's never going to be leaving that island, which is a story that they construed it to make sure he was always too scared to try and go and explore the world. As the movie goes on, stranger things start to happen. And in fairness, it is the Studio 4. He's about to go to work, and a light falls from the set, miles down, and it falls next to Truman, and he hears it, and on the way to work, they're like, oh my god, a plane craft started losing pieces and so forth. He later goes on to listen to the radio and there's a frequency and he hears them talking about him, saying, oh, Truman's going to take a left, Truman's going to take a right and so forth. And He basically starts to realise that things are going on and because things are going on, he decides, I'm not going to stick to the same routine. I'm going to change up what I'm doing and see what happens. And when he does that, he catches the studio members, the production crew off guard and runs into an elevator and sees that there is no backing, and obviously he can see the cast set up. Now, all of this feels freaky, and he's not really sure what's going on, and he starts to think that he's going crazy, and there's so much more that happens here. Now, that's the context of the movie. If you don't want to hear any spoilers, go away, go watch it, and then come back. So, because Truman starts to feel like he's stuck, he basically wants to go and travel to Fiji, and the context of Fiji comes because, actually, The person they had written into the story to be Truman's wife and Truman's uh, love interest is not who Truman is actually interested in, which means he falls in love for someone else. However, the someone else is not who the studio wants him to be in love with. However, they end up meeting secretly and getting together. And she basically gets taken by her dad, who says, look, she's crazy. She's been escaped. She's not taking her medication. Don't listen to anything she's saying. We're going to Fiji. So he now spends the rest of his life trying to figure out how to get to Fiji and no one lets him. He goes to a travel agency and she's always going to take a month. She goes to this. He tries to get on a ferry. But as always, he's always been scared. So when trying to get on the ferry, he always turns back because unfortunately, he's just unable to do that. Now, what's really interesting is that at work, they ask him to go to other cities. They ask him to get on the ferry. So it's almost like they're pushing him to see just how far he'll go. Whilst knowing he's not going to get in the ferry because he's scared of water. It's almost like a pissy. Like, we know you're not going to go. But we're going to keep pushing you and asking you and telling you you're going to lose your job. Just so we can test if your fear is still there. Which it was. Truman goes on to see that actually everything in his life is in fact uh, coerced. Is in fact controlled as the studio productions have called it. And he decides to basically go against it. So what does he do? He pretends everything is okay. He goes back to living his life as if nothing was wrong. And the studio are pretty happy. They're like, oh my God, he's back. There's the Truman that we know and love. And what he does is he fakes to be asleep. And what the studio didn't pick up is that he had been basically building his way out of the house so that he can escape. So he leaves. Eventually, the studio figure out that he's no longer in bed. And there's a community hunt for him, let's just say, which is all the cast, which is all the studios, trying to figure out where Truman is. Eventually, the creator of the show realizes we haven't checked the sea. And when they look at it, Truman is out at sea. He's basically conquering his fear because he's so desperate to escape the world that they've created for him that he must leave. The creator starts to basically tell the production crew, you must throw wind, throw water, throw all these things at him to stop him from getting to the end. Because actually, if he just continues to sail, he's only going to be getting to the end of the set, which is obviously not what we want. Production crew refuse to listen to the creator because they don't want to kill Truman and tell him if we keep pushing it, he's going to die. The creator gets involved and basically says that does not matter. He must listen to what we're saying and we must get him to turn back. Truman ties himself to the boat, goes through the storms, go through the wave, only to basically survive. And at that point, the creator allows him to stay and doesn't try to kill him, basically. Truman gets to the end of the set. The boat pierces through when he realizes it's a set. He climbs and finds a door, and the creator comes and tells him, listen, we've been watching you. We've been watching you your entire life. There is nothing better in the world out there than the world that we've created in here for you. In here, you are the star in here, you are what everybody wants, what everybody watches, and basically what everybody lives for, and Truman is listening to him, and he's trying to convince him, like, don't leave, don't leave, don't go, and Truman has this catchphrase, which he goes, if I don't see you later, good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and he says that line, and walks out, and that's the end of the movie, so the whole context of the movie is the show, it doesn't, it doesn't, go outside of that so the whole context of it the beginning is like you know written and starred with the creator and it says his name and then everything we're watching is as if we're watching it like the people in the real world watching the truman show on a tv screen so when he walks out of the studio it ends for us as well because that's it that's the show we don't get to see what happens next we don't get to see if he goes to meet the girl who he was always in love with we don't get to see any of that all we see is the ends and that's it So the same way it ends and it stops streaming, for those in the real world, in the movie, it stops for us as well. Now, this movie received a lot of nominations. It had over 40-something nominations and it won three Oscars. And they are all absolutely, absolutely justified. The best thing about this movie is it represents what we do today, right? The whole world watches your kids take their first step. The whole world watches your 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 wedding, your dating, everyone knows everything about each other's life because we're so open to sharing that and capturing that and putting it out on social media. And it was almost like a a prophecy where they saw potentially where the world was going to be. Because when we look at the context of it today, no one is living in the moment. That everyone is glued to their screens watching Truman the entire time. And it has a counter saying how long it's been on screen for because it aired 24 seven which basically means it's almost like a vision of what we are today everything we do is online everything we do gets put out there everything we do gets recorded we share everything even if the government even if the the cameras even if people are not recording us we're recording ourselves and we're putting it out there we're putting it to the world we're putting our kids online we're putting our families our relationships online and it's amazing what What a great film. If you haven't seen it, honestly, go watch it. Watching it now in 2023 is better because you kind of get the context of, wow, that's really what we're doing today. Uh, So go check that out. 100% recommend it. Um, Probably one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies, actually. I'm going to go ahead and say that despite not liking it the first time around. Great film. Go check it out. So what are we watching this week? So this week we've mixed it up a bit. We are still watching The Other Black Girl, Wilderness, and The Bear. Yeah, the other black girl I've actually finished, Um, really good, the ending, really good ending, hopefully some indications that there will be a season two, but we'll drop a special episode covering that uh, and what's happened throughout the season. What I do have for you today though is Loki, um, season two, episode one, because we've watched the previous season, so that coming out is good fun. We also have Love and Toxic Blue Therapy. Now for the guys in the UK, you watch blue therapy when it came out a few years ago it went viral and the new season well the new show is now out on e4 and the first episode did not disappoint Uh, no surprises there did not disappoint and the wilderness so i actually finished the wilderness yesterday it's only six episodes so we're only three away from the end on this podcast anyway so we'll continue to cover that off but again really good show. So Loki season two, episode one. So at the end of season one, we saw that Loki reached the end of time. And there was a conversation with the time master who basically constructed everything. And he was saying, look, if you kill me, things are going to get worse because I've been through time. I've been through all the different variations of time. And this is the only timeline where it works. If you kill me, this is not going to happen. So we go into the first episode basically following on straight from that, where Loki was pushed into a time warp. And now he's going through this really painful process where he keeps going back in time, back into the future, and he's unable to stabilize himself within one timeline. The story for this episode is that he needs to basically uh, decommission himself across all the timelines so that he can be in just one. They go to see this character Ob, who basically teaches them how to do it. And there's this really interesting interaction where Loki's in the past, telling the past Ob what to do, and then the Ob in the future, who's speaking to Morsheus, is remembering all of that. So it's a really interesting context of him doing something in the past that's now being reflected in the present. And we get to the end of the episode where we're basically trying to see if Loki is going to make it. And does is he able to get back in time because he has to be back in time uh, before this um, machine um, closes for good because it needs to be able to protect the vault and that's what's happening in that episode so a good episode go check that out if you haven't seen season one it's worth watching season one Loki is probably one of my favorite Marvel TV shows as far as it goes engaging quick episodes and it keeps you locked in Love and Toxic is back on our screens. The remake or the reboot of Blue Therapy that went viral a couple of years ago is back on our screens and has now been taken over by Channel 4 UK. If you didn't watch it a couple of years ago, go check out Blue Therapy on YouTube. It was a mess, but it was a good mess and it's worth checking out. We get to see Paul the Provider, we get to see Jamal, we get to see Deborah, and really give us some indication into how toxic our relationships are. Now, the new episode is out on Channel 4, which was just released on Thursday, and I wasn't sure if Channel 4 would allow it to continue being what it was when it was being produced by Trend Central. But the first episode is episodeing. The toxicness is toxicing. Now, we've got a couple of couples that have already been introduced. I'll be honest, the names are not really all there for me yet. However, there is a couple who have been on and off for 10 years, and in the period in which they were off, The guy went away and had three babies by two different baby moms. Now, the gal decided to take him back but can't live with the fact that he has kids by other women but don't want her to have a baby because he doesn't want a kangaroo pouch. And he's basically blaming it on preference. He's saying, look, if she had a kid, I wouldn't be with her but I want her to be with me even though I have kids and my preference is to go out with a woman who doesn't have a kangaroo pouch. Now, as a man who has been birthed by a woman who has baby mamas to come out and say, a kangaroo pouch is a preference. It's a little bit hurtful, not gonna lie. And she was disgusted by his comments. The the therapist was like, did this guy really just say what he said on national television? But he did. And he said it with chest. So he means it. It wasn't even like a, it was a slip. No, no, no. He meant it. He meant, I do not want a flubberdubby dubby kangaroo pouch. Now, She goes on to talk about how he needs to be able to provide for her lifestyle, that if she asks for a 15K holiday, he should just provide because he understood the type of woman that she was when he joined the relationship. She basically said, look, you knew I wanted 15K holidays from the get. So the fact that you're now moaning about the fact that I'm asking you for 15K holidays is a joke. And the guy turned around and went, babes, it's cost of living crisis. So gentlemen, kings, queens, just know that it's impacting everyone. So if you've got a girl who's willing to take a 10K holiday and say that for 15K, you've got yourself a winner. Now, the second couple we've got is, uh, again, name slips my mind, but they haven't spoken for apparently a couple of weeks before coming on the show. And the guy was just like, listen, you need to get on the show. We need therapy. And it turns out that she is six years or four years older than the guy. And she was saying something. And he turned around and said, but you're 31, though. Can you act your age? And she... (laughs) She was like outraged and the problem was that she stood up and he was like listen yeah we all know you only want to stand up so you can show off your bum that's all you want to do you want to stand up show off your bum and that's all you're good for yeah she obviously is fuming like what are you talking about how are you mentioning my body would you mean this ain't got nothing to do with my bum and then the therapist Joe is like why are you angry like I don't understand Joe as a therapist is an absolute he's an instigator the comments that he's saying, the stuff that he's saying, he's an instigator. He knows exactly what the guy said. He knows exactly why she was triggered. And he was calling her back like, but I don't understand. Why are you upset? Why do you feel upset by the fact that he said by you standing up, the world can see your bum. And that's what you want them to see, which is your bum. Anyway, that's the, that's the second couple. Third couple is this guy who's in love with this girl, and she's a musician. And basically she's saying, look, when you turn up to my shows, you come across as needy. You're needy. Can't be there introducing you as my man. Like, I'm on show. I'm performing. Why are you here? And he's upset by the fact that he turns up to the show and she don't give him no attention. But that's like the same. If you work in an office job, that's like your man turning up to the office job and then being like, why don't you look at me? Why don't you love me? Same context, yeah? But he's basically saying that because she don't give him no attention, he don't love her. They didn't really go into the ins and depth of this couple. The other two couples were giving more toxic than these two. However, some of the preview for next week, it seems like stuff's about to get deep because. It, it, in the preview is asking if he's in love with some other girl if she's in love with someone or whatever so it's about to be messy it's about to be toxic it's out on both channel 4 and youtube you can still catch it on um channel or c4 reality i think it's called on youtube so go check that out because there's no uh trailers no there's no adverts on youtube like there is on channel 4 so toxic and love love and toxic is given love and toxic so go check that out So, The Other Black Girl, season one, episode three. So we see um, the story continue to develop, continue to build mystery and suspense around what is happening without really giving us any clues or indication as to where things are coming from. Nella is basically, again, trying to rebuild a friendship with Hazel. And Hazel invites her to this party where they are hoping to poach a writer for Wagner. When she gets there, Nella's telling people, yeah, I'm a senior editor at Wagner. However, Wagner turns out to be at the party and catches on to what is going on. He basically tells her, oh, so you think you're your editor now? Tell me more. Takes her outside and asks her for an idea. He goes; She goes on to tell him, I think we should revive the book, the Burning Heart book, which is the book that got her into editing and writing and reading in the first place. And he basically tells her, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm going to give you a shot. She goes on and chats to Hazel. Hazel's like, you see, girl, I told you it was worth doing all of this. I told you it was worth being brave. Blah, 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 blah. She's buying into this whole Hazel thing. I'm not really sure on the character just yet. Hazel gives off like snakey vibes. That one moment she's your friend. The next she's snaking you. The next she's telling you this. The next she's got your back. So it's a bit confusing in terms of where she is and whether she's really Nella's friend. However, in that moment, she's telling her, you see, you should have done this, like, you done well, you turned up, good for you. We see now Richard get into a car, and when he gets into that car, he picks up the phone and says, listen, I'm going to need your help. We don't know who he's speaking to, why he's speaking to them, but obviously this leads up from the conversation that he's just had with Nella, and decides that he needs help for something again continues to build the mystery continues to build the suspense around what is happening it now introduces Richard into that context into that storyline as also being involved but we don't know why so that's your recap overview whatever you want to call it of episode three again really enjoying the show as I've mentioned I have watched ahead um but still not enough to actually understand what's going on Um, But as soon as that season is over, we'll go ahead and drop Best Moments for you guys to catch up on that. And then we've got the Wilderness Episode 2. Or Wilderness Episode 2. So in Episode 1, we saw Liv and Will uh, get into an argument because obviously he's been cheating on her. And he said it was with a girl called Emily. And what we find out in this episode is Will wants to make it up to Liv. He's like, look, Liv, you're the love of my life. I apologize. I want you. I need you. Please don't do this, Liv. I'm going to take you on the trip of a lifetime, the trip you've always wanted to go to. So we're going to go on holiday. Liv is like, listen, man, I don't want to go. I don't I, like I'm not here for it. I don't really want to work on this. Let's just let's just end it. He says, no, we're going to go. Fine. He books this whole trip. And when they get there, they coincidentally run into Will's work colleague called Kara and her boyfriend called Garth. Now, at the beginning of the episode, or at the end of the last episode, sorry, we see Liv find a video of Will basically interacting with Kara on camera, and she's basically interacting with Will, and Liv has seen it all. She's even seen Kara ask him, hey, are you going to leave your wife? And Will on camera says yes. So when Kara turns up, Liv knows exactly who she is, but she plays the part. I don't know who this is. I don't know who you are. Will introduces them and Kara's like, well, listen, we might as well join you or you should join us. So now they're doing this hike together. It's so awkward. This Kara's chick is trying to flirt with Will while Liv is there. Liv is walking off with Garth, who's Kara's boyfriend. And it's really this awkward interaction where these two couples are basically on a double hike a double date hubble hike and a half of that couple is interacting with each other without their partners uh and it's really awkward and will goes on to actually end up falling down a hill because cara starts to take off her clothes to go into the river and whilst watching her he falls into a dip and basically twists his foot they get back uh live calls cara and says look me and you are gonna go find help we need to go the guys can't come They get into a conversation and Liv starts to get to know Kara. Eventually they find help. Help goes back and gets Will. And then they realize their car's been stolen. Liv is fuming. Will thinks it's all to do with the fact that, you know, they lost the car. And he's like, I'm really sorry I lost the car. You know, my bad. I was trying to make this day perfect. Kara's like, not Kara. Liv is like, listen, it's fine. Will hasn't realized the reason she's pissed is because, bro, we've just spent the day with your mistress hanging out with us and you think everything is hunky-dory when it's not. They obviously got the car stolen, so who else can they call for help but Kara and Garth. So they've come back and now they have to get a lift from Will's mistress because their car got stolen. The episode goes on to basically continue to have this awkward interaction where they're now at dinner together. Will and Liv are in a fight. Garth and Kara are now consoling Liv and like is apologizing. And honestly, it's quite frankly, it's a mess. It's a mess and Liv is just continuously furious. Liv goes back to the room and basically gets back out drunk. And that's the last we see on this episode. So, again, building up really, really nicely. Will is annoying me. Will keeps getting annoyed at Liv because she's upset at the fact that he's trash. Like, if you're trash, own it. Don't be upset because she thinks you're trash and then you're upset at the fact that she's not forgiving your trashness. Like, just get over it. You're trash, own it. But he's not owning it. He's playing the victim and then he's upset at the fact that Liv is not accepting his victim in this. Uh, so it's a thing. But that's it. That's what we're watching this week. So go check it out. Check out Love and Toxic. You you need some, some of that. Go check out Wilderness. That's still keeping us on our toes and giving us everything that we need. And the other black girl, the mystery, the suspense. We don't know where it's going, but go and watch that. So we've got our scene stealers. So the moments in these moments, movies, episodes that we've been catching up on that have completely stood out to us. So for The Wilderness episode two, our top moment is Liv has gone back to the bedroom and she is blackout drunk. She wakes up and she sees a message on Will's phone that says, let's do it. Let's run away together. Meet me at the waterfall at one o'clock in the morning. Now, there is a narration happening over everything where where Liv basically says to herself, you know, after forgiveness, after this, all you're left with is rage. And that's all we see. And then she runs out in the rain, runs out just fuming after seeing the message and basically pushes off someone off the cliff. So that's how the episode ends. Liv is blackout drunk. She wakes up. She sees this text. She doesn't even think. She doesn't think, let me, let me understand. Maybe there's a context. Maybe I've misunderstood this. Nope. She runs out of the room, goes straight to the waterfall and pushes um, someone off the hill. So that is our top episode. That message, that scene, the narration, it works really, really, really well. Next, we've got the Truman Show. Now, our scene for the Truman Show is when Truman's attempting to escape and Christoph, the creator, pushes the boundary for how heavy the weather is and the production manager refuses to do it. So as you can imagine, Truman Truman, has been watched his entire life, not by just the viewers, but also by the production company. So I imagine there's a level of care, there's a, le- a level of fondness towards Truman, despite the fact that he is a tv character we have to then go back and remember that he's been legally adopted by the production company which means he is legally their son so whilst they're not caring for him like a normal father-child relationship the production crew has a level of sentiment a level of connection with truman so when Christoph, the creator is saying listen up the antics, up the weather, and the production crew refuse. It's almost as a way to say, no, no, we care about Truman, we don't want to see him die, leave the guy be, Christoph doesn't agree, and goes ahead and ranks up the weather, trying to basically kill Truman, we then see Christoph now uh, not appear, but he starts to voice into the thing and say, Truman, where are you going, like, I built this world for you, this world is yours, you're the star, don't go anywhere, and Truman's just listening. And, and Christoph is like, listen, like, I've, I've watched your first steps. I've watched your first day in school. Like, basically, without saying I love you, Christoph is like, dude, I love you, man. Stick around. Don't leave. But Truman's like, if I don't see you later, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and he walks out. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. As I spoke about earlier, this movie is such an eye-opener to what we're actually, what we experience today with technology and capturing everything that we're doing. Great, great scene. So we have our screen time recommendations. So what should you be watching this week? We first have Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, which is now available on Amazon Prime. I actually watched this in cinema. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Go go check it out. We've got The Little Mermaid, which is now on Disney Plus. Also seen that pretty good film. Good one with the family. So check it out. And then we have The Whale. Now, I actually haven't seen The Whale, but it's come up in our research as a really good movie to watch. So one that I will be checking out. So if you want to tag along, watch along, check out The Whale. And that is also available on Amazon Prime. And if you're looking for a series that you want to binge without interruption, go check out Scandal. I finished this a couple of years ago. Live and Mr. President is one we have to watch. Olivia Pope, let's say. All the episodes are available on Disney+, Plus, so another one to go check out. It's six seasons, and honestly, it's binge-worthy. I won't get into the ins and outs of it, but really good one to watch. So as you guys already know, we do a weekly episode of Real Good Roulette, where we have an app, choose the movie we're going to watch. So last week's movie was Dead End. If you haven't seen that, go check out our last review, Uh, It's a 1938, so it's a black and white, something I'm not really used to, but it was a good story, good good plot. So go check out the review. So, the random selection for this week is Violet Evergarden. So, it's on Amazon. It looks like it's an anime, not heard of it before, but it's one, like I say, I won't research into it, I won't look into it, I won't watch a trailer. I'm just going to go ahead and watch it so you don't have to, and then drop a review whether it's worth you going to spend your time on that that's it for today guys thank you for joining another episode of Non say weekly remember to like comment and subscribe if you're on the podcast leave us a review whether it's good or bad we do want to hear from you see you guys next week ciao for now